Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have my friend, music teacher, artist, dance teacher, <laughs> instrumental. Uh, Mary Beth Cardi, thanks for coming to the podcast today. Oh man, I love your podcast, Israel. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, Music Week. How was Music Week for you? Oh my gosh, Music Week was just dreamy. We played this showcase on a stage in a big room it was a big room so no one was turned away unlike the former year at music week like we're so popular the shows were sold out but mm. this one there was like people were dancing at our showcase there was lights were incredible the sound was incredible and just actually the whole event like just seeing all the other bands everyone was in, uh, awesome it was and i met you there so nice to meet you you mm. were volunteering yeah yeah that's sweet i'm cheap <laughs> You volunteer, you don't need to buy me. Can't have a festival with no volunteers. So right, thank you right, for doing right, that. Right. Um, so, which came first, music or dancing? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like in my mind, music and dance are one and the same, you know? Especially like where I come from, we do percussive dance and then the, the sounds of the feet are part of the music. Right. So which came first, the chicken or the gig? The right, music? right. <laughs> the kind of the horse, the music <laughs> and the dance? It's right. a good question. Well, how do music start for you? Well, I think that my mother is obsessed with singing and choral singing. And my anyone who knows her knows that she can't not sing. She's just going around singing all the time so really i would have been in her womb just like soaking up the soprano sounds <laughs> yeah, like but and then i just some of my early memories like were driving on long drives i have family in massachusetts so you know it was like the 80s so um my mother gave me this cassette tape recorder and i'd be like in the back seat of the car like making up songs with the cassette recorder and another early memory is like, you know, just, you know, banging on pots and pans and like making, being obsessed with rhythm and like banging on the walls and just sort of making music with the the house. Yeah. So it was a very musical house growing up for you. Oh, I made it musical, whether they liked it or not. But, but yeah, my family is very musical. Like in my family house, like growing up, it was the radio that was always on CBC Radio on twenty four seven, and several radios in several several different rooms in the house. <laughs> but like my extended family, my cousins are uh, like renowned fiddlers and Celtic musicians, and so at parties there would be like live music at the parties. Mm. So. Okay, so it's one thing to listen to music and sing, and then it's another thing to actually make the music. I mean, I know you you mentioned that you did those um, like recordings on the drives, but what time, at what point did you think, okay, well, there's something here or something I should take more seriously, I guess? That is like almost unconscious mm. where I think, I, well, I was living in Halifax, going to university here. But even before that, I, I was just, I, I think I would come to the end of one learning one instrument, and then I would, like, pick up another instrument and just, I would, yeah, just kept picking up instruments all through my teenage years. 
And I wasn't like one of those pro child prodigies. Like there's some people in my community who they are known from when they were a kid. Like my, one of my cousins, Anna Ludlow, everyone, I'm, like she, when she was a teenager, she was playing gigs and stuff. Me, I was more like kind of in my bedroom, sitting on the floor with my guitar, like teaching myself songs. It was just an obsession that I had. Mm. And like, I didn't study music at university. I, I uh, studied English literature, but um, it, it, nonetheless, it was still an obsession to me, with me, like for all through those university years. Mm -hmm. I had this band in Halifax called the Johnson Sisters. And that was, I think that was like when I first started playing in, in a more like public capacity. We only just, we did, none of us had a car. We didn't draw it. Like we just played around Halifax. But that that's when I started learning, oh yeah, what's a patch cable? Like what how, what is, how do you plug yourself in? How do you use a microphone? All of that. So maybe that was where it started to get a little bit more serious. Mm. And like, uh, do you remember the first song you wrote? Your song? I do. I remember the first song I wrote. It was called, it, it was like an alt country uh trend going on at the time and the first song I wrote was called uh, cancel my subscription bra <laughs> brackets to your heart oh so that was like it was like a funny country song and then I wrote this like, I think the next song that I wrote that was good was called the waitress song and people covered that song I I think it was a good song yeah <laughs> what was the waitress song about waitress I mean, song was the name let me just think think of how how did they go um it's about like yeah, you're working at the restaurant and you're cleaning up and some. It's about heartbreak and. Huh. Okay. Cancel subscription. My heart uh, to my heart. Oh yeah, that was one. And then the waitress song. The chorus was, I don't mind being lonely, but you have got some nerve to tell me that you love me and leave me in the dirt. Cause I'm not. I mean, I rolled it and I can see the scope. So Tell me all about her, and then don't talk to me no more. But there's other scenes of the restaurant in, in the mm, verses, mm, yeah. Mm. God damn. I wanted to be some people like, do you hear the melody? Like, what happens when it comes to writing the songs? Yeah, I, I, I'll be going about daily chores or walking and doing whatever, and um, the melody will be in my head. Like, some melody that I don't know where it came from, I don't know what it is. Mm. And then I, I have to go to, this has been happening to, happening to me lately. And I have to just go get my phone and go to the voice, voice recorder and capture that moment. Because if I don't do it right in that moment, like two, yeah, two minutes and someone will call or something and it just, it's gone. So I take those things as a sign though. Like you got to capture them. In right. What a, oh, sign that this is important. Yeah, you have like, to do okay, it now. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is coming to me. It's mm. channeling something from somewhere else. I need to capture it. Like Right now. Or, yeah. else, or else it's going to go away. Yeah. Okay, so um, you're in Halifax. You're singing with the Johnson sisters. Yes. Um, did you, like, were we always singing solo? Or, like, did you decide to start a band? Or... Yeah, we. I think the way the Johnson sisters started. Do you want to hear that story? Please. <laughs> uh, there was this open mic down like at the marquee in the basement there, and we would go, and my my friend Annie Clifford and I would go, and so we would just sing. I think it was like the time that Oh Brother Rare Art Thou the film came out, and everyone was. We were all obsessed with those songs from that soundtrack, and we would like sing those those songs at the open mic, and someone heard us, and we would sing in harmony. And so that was, and someone, it was Gordy, Gordy Roach, this old guy, um, RIP, 
uh, saw us and he said, he turned to the person beside him, my friend Lyle Peterson, and said, what are those sisters' names? <laughs> and Lyle just made up a last name. He said, Johnson. <laughs> so Gordy Roach was organizing a, a show down at the Tribeca, I think it was. And he made, when we saw the posters around town that said the Johnson sisters. And me and Annie were like, oh, shoot. Right? They actually put an act together. <laughs> so we asked our friend Becky if she'd join us and the rest is history. Hmm. Yeah, Becky Simon was the third member of the Johnson sisters. Like, you know, when you are, it's one thing writing a song yourself or versus writing with someone or working on music with someone. Well, how do you handle that dynamic? You know, work, writing on your song alone versus working with a friend or someone you're close to? Oh, that's a good question. And that is something like I really would like to explore more is writing with friends and writing with other people. Because sometimes it's just more motivating to have that person get their ideas and sort of mix it all up. So yeah, I, I want to do more co-writing. Mm. But uh, yeah, writing alone, I, I really like journaling. So try to do that and just poetry writing. Wait, you did this, you write with a pen? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. No, Imagine. no, 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 no. It's... Do you know what, Israel? What? I ran out of ink in two <laughs> pens earlier this week. Who does that happen to? I had to throw the pens away because there was no ink left in them. Right, 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 right. Whoa. So, um... It is. It has to be organic for you. Like, why is it the, how it feels, or uh, it's just versus that, just typing on your phone or your computer? Yeah, it's just that intimacy of the paper. I just always did it that way. And at some point, I will transfer it to the computer, and that makes it, the editing a lot easier. Because otherwise, like in my journals, it's like everything scratched out and oh, this idea and there's arrows and mm. yeah but then so i'll transfer it to the computer eventually yeah <laughs> so you write it down because when you did that i thought hmm <laughs> <laughs> i have a whole box full of different colors of ink i love ink yeah um, and my album my album my two album solo album covers i did with ink yeah i love ink why <laughs> uh, something about like it's it's like paint that's mixed. It's almost like paint. Yeah, I use it as a paint with oh. brushes. It's, it's nice. Because, Are there colors you like? Like ink colors you like? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I like, and I and I just bought a whole bunch of purple because I have this vision for my next album that was yellow with purple ink. I haven't actually used the purple ink yet, but I. <laughs> invested in some purple ink okay so you know johnson sisters happen at what time do you start what, your first album what was the process of getting that made yeah we, we recorded with the johnson sisters we didn't ever really commercially release an album but we made some demos and we put them out at the time it was cbc music it would have sort of a streaming website that you could put your music on so um our friends had uh, they just this friend of ours had just graduated from a big important recording school in Toronto the name I don't remember but we went to his basement and his girlfriend Michaela at the time she was all she had also gone to that school so the two of them would, would set us up and but I found like those in those days the recording studio was a stressful experience for me much like uh, yeah but I kind of, I'm getting I'm getting used to it now why. Yeah. What just, is about like? But that's you're you're doing this thing you love there, though, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Right. So why is it stressful? Yeah, I think. Well, I think maybe the com like you, you kind of question yourself, kind of confidence issues, maybe um, especially someone who never really really formally studied music although like I'm self-taught on many instruments but maybe it's that or maybe it's the fact that um it's you know it's so permanent right you know, it's gonna be there it's gonna be locked down and yeah something about but that. then you make all this beautiful music that you share with the world though and that is a process through which you know it is made. It turns out good. Now I'm starting to make peace, <laughs> like, peace with it. Yeah, it's freaking, you make freaking, oh God, you know, I don't know. It's like, you know, the, 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 the powers of be decided not to give me any musical talent. Because I think <laughs> if I could play any instruments or if I could sing, I'd be a dick. I'm like, I, I want to play, I can sing. So it's like, when I see people that you, you make this beautiful, it's so, like this song, you know, I can't say the word, but oh, the oh, the Gaelic song, yeah, and voice too. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's like, how do you even make? How do you? I'm like, how do you even make something like that? Okay, okay, okay. So that was magic. It's all magic to me. I'm also. I have the same feeling. Like, how does that? How did that turn out that way? It's, that one turned out beautiful because of the help of my fr my friends. Honestly, yeah. Mm. Thank you, though. That is a really sweet compliment. No, it's, it's so beautiful. Okay, okay, okay. So, the Johnson Sisters, I don't want to see any, but, like, your solo albums, how was yeah. it making the first one? Was it dreadful being in the studio making it? Oh, uh, well, well, I got... Then I made two albums with this duo that I had called Bet and Wallet. And oh! The, um, Pause. That, I thought... <laughs> you, okay, so let's talk about Ben Wallet. Ben Wallet really was the band that I... We... There was two of us. We worked so hard. We put we put everything into that project, and and we the, the first album came out in two thousand eight. There's the first song on that album is called the Squeegee Song, and it's perfect for this time of year. Like I don't know when this is gonna air, but this it's a winter song. It's a winter song. It's about uh, punk because I moved from Nova Scotia. I actually moved from Halifax to Quebec City. And, but I'm from Antigonish, which is like a very rural area. But anyways, like going there and you see the punks like with their squeegees washing the wind, windshields of cars and they would have like these incredible mohawks. I'm like, this is an incredible style. That's that's the subject of that song. Oh. It's, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, kind yeah, of hilarious. I'm like, hmm, squeegee yeah, song? Yeah, okay. squeegee song. And, and people love that song. Was the band... In Quebec? Like, yeah, it was oh, when okay. I lived in Quebec City. So yeah, we had that album and then we made another one that came out later. Um, and we recorded those like really, like my duo partner in that band, Gabrielle Wallet, he was obsessed with recording and we did it all in our house. Oh. Yeah. Was that easier though? Like having the studio in the house? Yeah, yeah. Because you, then you don't have, you're not thinking, oh, I'm paying so much per hour for this studio. You can just like do it on your own time and then you can kind of control. I learned, how, so I learned how to record and when I was in Benton Wallet and, and edit and all of that. So that, and yeah, those. Uh, How was that experience for you? It, I'm glad I got those, that knowledge from that time. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so then you go solo or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it was like around 2011. We were in living in Nova Scotia. Gabrielle moved back to Quebec and I did this show of the songs of Robbie Burns as my sort of solo breakout kind of a show. It was two part, like two sets of songs by just this one Scottish 
poet from 200 years ago who wrote over 400 songs. And so I learned, I, there was a, bo- a box set made oh. by a university of all his songs. So I learned from that and picked out my favorites. And we did it like a New Year's Eve, How I many think. songs did you play? I think, I think I played like probably like 20 songs at that show. That's a lot. But it was a lot of variety. I would switch between guitar, accordion, and bones, and piano, and a lot of people came out. To, it was in a it was in a church. It was in a chapel, mm. and uh, it was a really nice way to end the year. And I kind of needed that for my he- own healing. Like I needed a project to work on just to sort of get over the fact that my band that was very successful was suddenly um, over. Why did and, it end? Well. Uh, Gabrielle sort of, you know, like there's a lot of musicians that suffer from burnout because it's so strict. Like we had a, we were touring a lot. We would go to France, Western Canada, and it would be like, you'd come home for a couple of days and then you'd fly away and you were, you were away from home so much. It was stressful Mm. and he just couldn't, um, take it any anymore yeah so you do this 20 song thing and then at, at what point did you decide you were going to write your own songs um that also came about as like you know an inspiration from who knows where i i wrote one song called a song called thomas that was just something that like i was inspired to write maybe like Whatever inspired that, I won't go into right now. Mm-hmm. But I thought, oh, I can write another song like that. So I wrote a song called Anthony. <laughs> I was like, I should write another. I should make it into a trilogy like Star Wars. So I wrote a song called Henri. Oh. And so then it was a trilogy. And then I kept just kept going with that concept. And then I put some girls' names in there too. Uh, and so that was my first album, Les Bien-Nommés. That's French. It's mostly, there's six songs French, two songs in English, and two instrumentals on that album. Huh. And you played everything on the, on the album? Well, no, that album, um, I mostly just played accordion. Most, there's, I played guitar on one song, but I had a band. It was uh, my, my bros from <laughs> my hometown. We were living in Antigonish, so literal bros, uh, uh, Greg and Brendan Melchin. Uh, Greg is a bass player. And Brendan, he helped me also engineer the album, and we recorded a lot of it in their parents' basement because they were with their parents at the time. So Greg and Brendan Melchin, and then star violin player who lives in Halifax now, Donald McClellan, was the other member of the quartet. So yeah, it was like a power quartet, mm. just the four of us on that album. No mm. overdub harmonies, just like yes. literally us in the basement. Maybe we'd get it. The third, the third take would be good live off the floor, and be okay. And then I would. At first, I was overdubbing the vocals afterwards, but after a while, I'm like, you guys, let's just do it all at the same time. Like, I, you get a better feeling that way. God so damn. that's how we made that album. Holy shit, that's so organic. You really love that raw feel, right? I think I like the raw feel, like you know, like that breakout song with Ben Noel at Squeegees. It has, sort of has this. I wanted to kind of mix the trad with the sort of a punk vibe because mm. there's some bands like that that I really like at Gogo Bordello and, you know, I kind of like that vibe. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, you've mentioned, before you go to the next album, you've mentioned a couple of, like, you play instruments. We have the guitar and the johab. Yeah. Here. Uh, which of the instruments did you learn to play first and how many instruments do you play now? Uh, I'd say my first instrument was the piano. 
Yeah. Um, there was a piano in our house growing up and I took lessons and I practiced my scales and yeah. Uh, after that I started playing the bass because there's only four strings on the bass and so it's obviously much easier to learn than the guitar oh, which has it? a whole six strings. Oh, I can't even know. I, I don't know anything about instruments. I keep telling you this. <laughs> Maybe you could be a bass player, though. I could see that in you. Um, yeah, so, and then I got the bass. Uh, I joined, like, they, they gave me a clarinet in, in junior high, but I didn't take to it too Not well. But I did okay. enjoy, like, you know, playing around. I love instruments. I would pick anything up and just play. Like, if there was some in crazy instrument over there, I'd just pick it up and, like, I'm going to figure this out. You know, and the accordion, or, that is one instrument. I love the sound, but I just don't, how because there's like the keys and there's the thing, and then you have to still move it around. Like, there's so many things happening with this one instrument, though. Yeah, yeah. It's there's got a lot of power in it. You got the bass notes in your left hand, the melody. It's like the one woman, perfect one woman band instrument. I love it. It's so, but I love the sound that it makes. I really do. Um, but it's true, though. It does take a lot of practice to learn a song on that instrument. Honestly, it does. Yeah. I, you have to kind of move it in a specific way. Does it hurt your wrist when you're done? Uh, not so much. No. But, but yeah, you know, when I would do it for lengthy periods of time, yeah, my wrist would get sore. Yeah, yeah my fingers. Just yeah. Looks. And then it's like all instruments make you suffer. The guitar hurts your, your, your fingers. and But... Um, of all these instruments you play, which one, if you had to play only one for the rest of your life, which one would it be? I would pick the accordion. Really? Yeah, yeah because, you know, like I say, it has so much range. I don't know. I just love it. And then if you're play, if playing the accordion in a band with other people, you can add sort of an atmospheric sort of sound, or you can do the bass. Like, it's really fun to jam on that instrument. Yeah. Okay, at least you know what it is. Okay, the second album, how did that happen? Oh, yeah, Crossing the Causeway. Well, yeah, I, I was... I guess, like, there's there's a lot of lengthy... Like, really, when I, when I described to you, like, doing that concert in 2011 of the songs of Robbie Burns and how that therapeutic effect that it, that had, like, at that time, I really started going to Cape... Well, I was going to Cape Breton a lot to go to the dances, the workshops, any, like, I'd go for days on end with my tent or my sleeping bag in the back and you just, like, you just go. And it was, a, like, all that culture, so, all that traditional culture I find so healing, like the dancing, the playing tunes together. And I just wanted to capture that part of what, what I love on and on, on record so and I was living in um, Sydney Cape Breton when I had the idea to really go ahead with it mm. yeah so yeah I wanted to and also as like playing live I would when I was living in Cape Breton that was pretty much like I I worked at only part-time at the school and as the music teacher at the, at the French school board but I would like sometimes I would teach music there at the school in the mornings till noon and then I would get off and I would go to Governor's Pub and play from 12 to 3 <laughs> for because the you know the cruise ships would dock in Sydney and then there yeah it was like it was a cool lifestyle actually wow. Wow. <laughs> but I just wanted to capture all that music that I was playing in those bars and and everywhere and and uh, the square dance stages 
because I, I I would play guitar as an accompanist for fiddlers at the square dances too. Mm. And that's just something I love to do as well as sing and all that. So I just wanted to capture that on, on, on an album and make that concept album. Kind of a geographical concept album. And know? the title, where was that from? Crossing the Causeway. Well, it's the, you know, you kind of, when you live in Anaganish, Cape Breton's right there. It's kind of a route that you do. It's kind of iconic, that green bridge. But there's also this feeling that you get when you, when you go across that you're going to this special part of the world it's on the edge of the continent you know and um there's also the concept of like the bridge of bridging the because because it's such a diverse place like there's so many different cultures and because there was no bridge there for the longest time they remained isolated maybe those languages like stayed there longer and those different cultures are stronger in a way mm. so yeah yeah, wow. this is that bridge concept, you know. Totally love it. Okay, and my my song, which you have to say what the title is again. Oren Boysdale. Oren Boysdale. Yeah, Oren so, Boysdale. Yeah, Oren is just the Gaelic word for song. It's it's pronounced like it's spelled Oren. And then Boysdale is the place. Yeah. So the song from that place. Yeah. Well, what was inspiration behind that song? Um, that song I. It was during that time, like around 2011, when I was going to Cape Breton to the workshops. I went to this workshop. It's a place called Christmas Island. And they would have this phage, which means festival in Gaelic. And I went to a workshop and they taught us that song there. It was from an archive, an archival recording. And uh, there's an old woman singing that song. And you can hear, like, she has pet birds and they're chirping in, in the original. So anyways, I learned that song and... I just, I always loved it, and and uh, when I went to record it, uh, my friends Bradley Murphy and Colin Grant are on it, are playing piano and fiddle on it, and they kind of took it to a whole new level. Mm. It's a beautiful song. Okay, Thank so you. You, you, what's what's next for Mary Beth now? You're working on a new album, or? Well, I bought the purple ink for the <laughs> album cover. I have like a rough idea. I really need to hunker down with those that pen and that journal, and um, I I have an idea to make like an accordion-centered album. Oh, um, your favorite. I've been playing a lot with my friend Jacques Mandreau, uh lately, and that's been inspiring. And he hasn't been on any of my previous recordings. It would be fun. I think it'd be fun to um, work with him. Do you have? Um right now i mean i know the the album is going to take some time but do you have any song that is kind of done for this album yet no? not at all oh my god oh Just my god all like In ideas right now wait wait you well, wrote I it might, down <laughs> i might you know like i i do have songs of mine that i've written that i love that i want to record mm. But I think they might be like for a different outlet. Do you know what I mean? Like oh. I have this whole, I don't know. I just, I look forward to having the time to go into like a creative process. Of, because it, yeah. So the Crossing the Causeway is a lot of traditional songs, but the next one I, I want to like, yeah, focus on that creative process of writing. And people really did like the three original songs that were on Crossing the Causeway, like Blueberry Mountain and, uh, tow truck song and deer island so i'm like oh i i can I'm like i can write songs that people like not that i also want to really it's about 
when writing songs that you like and that you want to sing. And I still feel that about those songs from my first album. I still love singing those songs. Like, they make me happy. So mm. I just want to create some more things. I want to surprise myself, and I want to surprise you when you know <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll let you know, though. Um, I, know, I know it's still conceptual, it's still way ahead, but yeah. is it going to be ready next year or...? No. Oh, it take a really long time to make albums. <laughs> and I get frustrated with how long it takes, you know? But um, we'll see where it goes. Okay. Yeah. So um, the guitar is a guitar. What yeah. are the sticks on? What are the... I keep calling them triangles, but, you know, obviously oh, yeah. they're not the triangles. Harp here, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got these sticks here. They're called the bones. The bones? The bones, yeah. And they're also, like this instrument, they're an ancient instrument that uh, is found in many cultures around the world. But, uh, yeah. Do you want to hear them? Yes, please. Usually I have a, a stomping board and loud shoes that would go along with it, but you can just... You make it look so easy. It isn't. It isn't easy. I mean, I can kind of what? Oh no, no, again, yeah. It, it looks easy. Yeah. But I'm telling you, when I was learning this instrument, yeah. oh, also it's very source of frustration. You'd be just trying yeah. to get one noise. Yeah, see how you yeah. want to try. Because, because, um, it, it's like you know, you have the finger making sort of like a gap between, but your movement is actually moving it, but you're also also moving it. It's like you're doing three different move movements at the same time, which well, the th you don't really move your fingers. Mm. Um, it, they're kind of stuck in position. It's really all in the wrist. Yeah, yeah. It's really all in the wrist. But then, but then you can kind of turn it into a dance, mm. you know, and that's, and every Bones player kind of has their own style, you know, oh, okay. yeah, but it's super fun, right? It sounds great too. It does. Um, and then the jaw harp. Yeah, the jaw harp. They, they, they have different sizes too. Yeah, I have different sizes here. Um, these ones I got ordered, uh, they are specially made, I chose the keys, so yeah, they each... And the guy who made them in Slovakia, his name is Peter Sobata. I don't. Um, he wrote the keys on the back, so this one's an A. I have two in A actually. We can compare like the sounds of them. So that's one of the A's. Here's another one. Are you blowing or sucking? Yeah, you're kind of a little bit of both. Oh, and you're moving your tongue. Like, I can, like, I'll do this. And how do you, can you say your full name? Israel. And, your, and your last Israel. Israel. I'm going to say that with this E um, two and her. Huh. So, so I, I can, that, it's an old instrument, but it also sounds like something they made in the computer. So that one. Isn't that it crazy though? It's like so old, it's new. And that's why I'm so fascinated with, I love listening to old 
music older the better um and from the farthest reaches of the earth the better too that's sort of my um fascination that yeah okay so here's a d1 want to hear this one And then I have this little one that a friend gave me. And um, if you're just listening to the podcast, this one is much smaller, but I think you'll hear it's a little much louder. Wow. So the smaller the louder, is that how it works? I need to build my jaw harp collection because I, I showed these to someone and they were like, oh man, yeah, you, you, there's this other, they, there's people who know where to get the good ones. I need to figure it out. But is the smaller the louder? No, not always. Maybe. Mm. I'm not sure. We need a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. Okay. So um, I'd love you to play something in the show, but before you do that, I, I'm curious though, why... Um, what do you love about singing, making music? Yeah, yeah, I was saying earlier about the whole, like, the therapeutic aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And there, yeah, there's something very, yeah, the community aspect is really something I love. Uh, yeah, singing with people or playing music with people and all that practice that you like I did over those years by myself with the piano, like was leading me up to something where you can create community. Uh, even if you're playing music on a stage, the people who are there to listen, you're somehow creating a community with, um, yeah, it's like a real group kind of a, a thing, you know? Yeah. I love that about music. That's just one thing, you know? There's so many. Okay. But it's how I make friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of actually kind of a shy person. But when, if I get on stage and sing, like, everyone wants to talk to you. And then it's a great way to make friends, honestly. Yeah. It is, I agree. <laughs> okay, last one, though. Why is music important to you? Why is it music important to me? Mm. So many reasons. It, 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 like, music is literally my life. Do you know what I mean? For me, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's kind of my, on one hand, it's my obsession, and another hand, it is my comfort, and it's like, it really is my life, and why? Yeah, it's because it has a therapeutic effect for me, really, like, listening to music. Uh, I, I'm constantly listening to music. I'm constantly making playlists. I'm constantly shazamming. Songs on the radio. I love Shazam. Because I want to go back and I'm like, oh, I love this song. Like, who is this artist? I want to hear this song again. And mm. like, you know, I, I just, yeah. There's, And it's also that feeling of discovery. That feeling of never-ending discovery. Like, life can't be long enough that you could listen to all the music, right? It kind mm. of gives, music, I don't know, it's my reason that I'm alive. <laughs> it's a raison d'etre. Yes, yeah, that wow. was my take. <laughs> Very Beth, thank music you so life. much. Music is life. It is life, I agree. I agree. I love music. I just 
you know, I'm so envious that you can play all these things. Okay, I'm going to clear out and let you play a song. But thank clear you so much for out. coming to the podcast Don't clear today. Out. Like, oh, oh do you want me to sit down? It. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'll sit down here with you. Okay. Um, do you want to share any of your, like, just a little snippet of a song to play? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to share, I'm going to sing your favorite song. I'm going to share, like, um, your favorite song from the album is Orin Boysdale. Is that Orin right? Orin Boysdale, yep. Um, that song, for me, when I was trying to understand like what the person who would have written that song wanted to express, like how they were feeling, mm. they uh, and what happened, like what was going on in the song, like I I divided it in kind of three sections. So when you listen, the first section is sort of um, the the I, I feel like it. I feel like it's a, would have been a woman who wrote this song. That's just a feeling I have, but you can't never be sure. Other people might have a different interpretation. I feel like the first part, she's describing the scene of what happened um, when she went for a walk in the mountain, in the mountains, and ran into two uh, people. Anyways, and then the set, and then there's a kind of the fiddle solo, and then the next part of the song, she's really just describing how she can't sleep and how much that's bothering her and how much of in pain and she's feeling and then there's another fiddle solo in the song and then the end of the song and the words she's sort of um describing a solution of the hope something that's giving her hope and it's really a lot of gaelic songs it's like sailing the seas and uh so that yeah that's how that i broke that song down when i went to record it but uh Here's Oren Boysdale. All right. Thank you so much, Mary Beth. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Israel. Mm -hmm. 